Good morning. Today is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. The Rav, Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik, has a famous approach to aphorisms and folk sayings, which are often quoted in the Talmud, in the Gemara, with their basis being shown to be verses from the Torah. According to the Rav, these aphorisms expressed by non-scholarly Jews in everyday life actually expressed deep fundamental lessons about God and Torah and Judaism. One of them that he analyzes is based on our Parsha, the Parsha of Truma, and the Haftorah for this Shabbos, which is from the Book of Malachim, Sefer Malachim, the Book of Kings. And it goes like this. There was a famous aphorism, the Talmud says, people used to say, Ki when our love, speaking between a husband and wife, when our love was strong, Apusya de Safsira Shkiven. We could have lain together on a bed that was so tiny it was only as wide as the blade of a sword. Hashta Deloaziza Rachimtin. Now that our love is not as strong as it used to be. Puria Barshisin Garmide Losagilon. Even a king size bed of sixty cubits, maybe 50 meters across, is not big enough for us. Ulubasov, and if the relationship deteriorates further, God forbid, then no space is going to be able to keep the two together. What are the verses on which this aphorism is based? The first, the first is from our Parsha, Truma. God said, when you build this Mishkan, this sanctuary that will travel with you, the place of Ohel Moed, the meeting between me and you, between God and, and mankind, I will speak to you from just on top of the ark from between the two kruvim, the cherubs, this very small space will be the place of contact between you and me. And even though it's so small, but our love, our closeness will be so great, even that small space will suffice. Later in history, as the passion started to ease off a bit, during the time of Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, when Shlomo HaMelech built the first base Hamikdash in, in Yerushalayim, the subject of our Haftorah, the Haftorah in, in the Sefer Malachim, the Book of Kings, in our Haftorah, gives us the dimensions of the sanctuary that Shlomo built in Jerusalem. And that sanctuary was much, much larger. Habayas Asher Bono HaMelech Shlomo Lashem. Shishim Ama Arko. It was 60 Amos, and Amos about two feet. So 122 feet long, the Esrim Rechavo, and 40 feet wide. Ushloshim Ama Komo, so 60 feet tall. 
It was very, very large because by then we weren't so intimate. We needed a larger space. But by the end, when we get to the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah the prophet, where he was castigating the Jewish people for their spiritual decline, Yeshayahu quoted the words of God, Ko Amar Hashem. This is what God says now. Hashemayim Kisi, the heavens are my throne, v'ha'aretz hadam ragli, and the earth is my footstool. There is no house that you could build to contain me. So the simple meaning of this is the message of this song that I shared with some of you before. Before I shared the music, I'm just now going to repeat the lyrics. It's this great song, Little Room by the band White Stripes. Well, you're in your little room and you're working on something good. But if it's really good, you're going to need a bigger room. And when you're in the bigger room, you might not know what to do. You might have to think of how you got started sitting in your little room. Or, as our rabbis put it, mar mar The more possessions we have, the more worries we have. And this is true for some of us. We get older. Our passion may not be as sharp. Our intimacy is not quite as acute. We each need our own space. You know the famous line. My wife and I, this is not my line, so just I'm quoting. My wife and I, we sleep in separate rooms. We eat at separate times. We take vacation trips apart. We're doing everything we can to save our marriage. Rodney Dangerfield. Okay, so there is truth to that, and there is a lesson about that. But Rav Soloveitchik sees in this a much deeper, more sublime answer. He quotes the Medrash. The Medrash tells us in our Parsha, when God commanded Moshe to build the Mishkan, Moshe's first re reaction, he was frightened. How could God be contained in something that I and other humans make? It, it, it doesn't seem like it would work. And the Medrash records that God answered. God says to Moshe, Lifamim, sometimes, Sometimes I descend and contract my presence. Tzimtzum, contraction, pulling back. In other words, God promises to limit himself, to make himself, so to speak, smaller, to practice self-effacement in order to allow for an ohel moed, a tent of meeting, a place where God and man can meet. God has to pull back in order for that to happen. This act of tzimtzum is responsible for creation. The Kabbalists, Jewish mystics, ask, 
we know Malo Kol Haaretz Kvodo, the entire earth, world, universe, is filled with God's glory. So where was there room to create the world? Bereshis bara, how could God create the world if God himself occupied everything? Where was there space for the world? And their answer is that the first act of creation was tzimtzum. The first thing that God did in order to create was to pull himself back, to withdraw into himself in order to make space into which the universe he would create could fit. Rabbi Riskin, back when he was a synagogue rabbi many years ago, he used to tell his congregation before he went on vacation, I'm going away to practice tzimtzum. And there's a lot of truth in that. But please listen to how the Rav dramatically continues. This tzimtzum, contracting, pulling ourselves back, self-effacement, this is the central virtue the main principle of Jewish morality. This is what Judaism requires of a Jew, to be capable of retreating. And any mitzvah can be classified in this way. And he gives some examples. Shatnes, there's a mitzvah in the Torah not to wear a garment that is a mixture of linen and wool. What has that got to do with Simpson? People criticize us, he says. They say, this makes no sense. Why not mix linen and wool? What's wrong with it? But this mitzvah requires of a Jew to suspend his will and judgment to God. I suspend my logical judgment. I surrender my dignity as a rational being to be entitled to a rational explanation. No, I'm not. And I suspend my judgment. I pull myself back. I lessen my own right to dignity in order to make room for observing God's command that in this case I do not understand. Another example, and this is an example that will resonate with many of us today in a very profound way. There's a mitzvah v'samach t'bachagecha. You shall rejoice on your holidays. That doesn't sound like tzimtzum, like contraction. He told the following story. He said that his wife died on Tainus Esther, the day just before Purim. And the Rav, who was extremely close to his wife, said when his wife died, he buried a part of himself with his wife. He was never the same again. And he had to cry. He had to sit on the floor. It was redemptive. It was cathartic. It was therapeutic. But Purim came the next day. He had to get up from Shiva. He had to withdraw from himself. 
the most difficult kind of withdrawal, self-effacement, pulling back in order to make room for God's command. And he said there was never in his life something so difficult as to having to pull that back and not be able to express outwardly how he felt, what he needed to feel. And this is something that in a different manner, so many of us have had to grapple with and are grappling with during Kova. When because we have the mitzvah of vinishmartam, we are obligated to protect our health and the health of others, we are required to withdraw from comfort and solace and grieving with others in order to fulfill the mitzvah of protecting our health. It is painful. It is difficult. But that is an act of supreme tzimtzum. We are withdrawing within ourselves to make room for what God says is a mitzvah of a higher priority. The mitzvah lulav and esrog. To take a lulav and esrog and sukkahs. How does that apply to tzimtzum? He told the following story. His father one year in Europe spent a fortune to purchase a lulav and esrog. It was very rare, very hard to get a hold of, but his father spent a, spent a fortune to be able to get this lulav and esrog. He treated it like it was his baby, put it in a case. And then the Rav tells the story that his sister took it out to admire it and she dropped it. And she was hysterical because she understood what she had done. It was ruined. All the money was wasted. She could not even imagine how angry her father would be, how disappointed. And the Rav remembers that his father was silent. Calm, quiet. That's Tzimtzum. That's holding back what you want to express in order to make room for the other person. The Rav explains there are two spiritual movements in life. There is forward, to advance, to be aggressive, to desire, to grab. That is a spiritual movement. Such movement is never cathartic. But the other movement is to withdraw, to hold back. That is always cathartic. That is sacrificial. God, by creating, did a sacrificial act of pulling himself back in order to allow for the creation to take place. It's not an act of aggression. It's an act of surrender. Surrender to God. Tzimtzum. Now, this is the basis of one of the main contributions to Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, by the Arizal, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, who lived in Tzfat in the 1500s, is considered the greatest Kabbalist in the last 2,000 years, for whom everything positive or creative is in some way an expression of Tzimtzum. That was his grand concept 
that he utilized in every area of life. And this is also the basis of Shalom Bayis, of harmony within the home, of harmony and respect between husband and wife, and between parents and children, and between siblings, and between members of a community, any close relationship. I've quoted this before. At the end of every prayer, Amidah, at the end of every Kaddish, at the end of every service of prayer, we say the following words, Oseh Shalom Bim Ramav, Huyaseh Shalom Aleinu, Vial Kol Yisrael. God, who makes peace in heavens, make peace on earth here, and make peace among your people Israel. Before saying that line, we take three steps back to make peace. You have to retreat. You have to make room for the other. You have to respect and appreciate something, someone outside of yourself. Because if it's all about me, there's no room for you. When our love was strong, and we contracted ourselves to make room for each other, that's when our intimacy was deepest and our space was smallest. The space just above the ark, the Aron. That's all it took. As we start to put our own needs and wants first, the intimacy declines and the space we need between us grows grows to the grand building that Shlomo built until finally, even that was not enough. We had finally left no room for God. So God left no room for us. In every area of life, we should strive for my friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.